Vaporwave News Network, Episode 7. Hello and welcome to Vaporwave News Network, a bi-weekly podcast about the contemporary vaporwave scene. We feature news, discussion, and current trends, as well as reporting on upcoming releases and events in the vaporwave, future funk, and adjacent communities. I'm your host, Alex, aka Trucks Passing Trucks. I run Pacific Plaza Records in addition to DJing and booking events over my past six years of being involved in the vaporwave community. Welcome to Vaporwave News Network. It's episode seven, covering the second half of July 2023, over 10 years since the birth of this genre and scene. I'm going to talk about a bunch of things that have been happening in our vapor world, but before we get to that, let me remind you that you can follow the podcast on social media at VW News Network. We're currently on Instagram and Twitter, but may consider expanding or switching to other platforms in the future. We also have two curated Spotify playlists that you can check out. The first one, Contemporary Vaporwave, is our main playlist capturing all things vaporwave, future funk, as well as the beloved subgenres like slushwave, barber beats, late night lo-fi, vapor trap, and of course classic style. And then we also have Fresh Future Funk, which is loaded with current tracks from the past six months and classics or deep cuts from the past. I add new selections to both playlists on August 9th. Quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast or follow us on your platform of choice. If you're checking this out on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. If you can leave a rating on your streaming platform of choice, please do that as well. For those of you listening on Spotify or Spotify mobile, scroll down below the description and you can interact with our polls and Q&A. You can also straight up donate to the podcast on our website and it'll take you to PayPal to do that. Big thanks to Joseph in Chicago for sending the first ever donation. I really appreciate it. You know, like two or three more small donations a month like that will uh, help pay for the hosting at the minimum. So if you feel inclined to sacrifice the cost of a coffee, check it out. Anyhow, with all that out of the way, what's been going on with me? Well, lately, I've been feeling like my mind is already zooming ahead deep into August. And like all of a sudden it was August and, you know, I had to check myself because remember, there's like a ton of stuff that's been happening in July and this podcast is mostly covering the second half of July, but I'm going to get into August a little bit because of Bandcamp Friday. And, you know, things were a bit quiet in SoCal after the Vape Air Tour left, but this past weekend, my label Pacific Plaza put on a free outdoor show that was part of the downtown Santa Ana Art Walk. We had an amazing time just kind of hanging out in the streets with local artists, vendors, and people from all walks of life. Big thanks to Mo and the Frida Cinema, the best independent cinema in Orange County, for making Art Walk and live music happen again, like out on the streets. So cool. Big thanks to Earth Boy, Daddy Girl, and Booty Wizard playing alongside of me and Mr. Mello for helping run the merch table. What have I been listening to lately? Well, I've been kind of listening to some singles. And a couple of the songs are by Blake the Man 1000, specifically the tracks Dean Kissick and Where's My Hug. More so the former than the latter, but I actually kind of got into the latter from the Frost Children remix, and I mentioned them on plenty of past episodes. I can't really get into much of his other music, and sometimes it kind of comes off as like super corny New York stuff, but some of the catchy melodies on those two songs like can't be denied. Then another track I've been listening to falls into the early vaporwave category. This song is a bit of a lost gem, and as such, I have uploaded it to the Vaporwave News Network YouTube channel. The song is called 
Boyfriend by early Vaporwave artist Vericom. And I've mentioned them a few times. And shouts out to Joe Blackwood, actually, for sending me a zip with a ton of Vericom songs. And I actually discovered this track before that zip was sent to me, but it's also in there. Part of a seven-inch split series by Imaginary Records. And they were kind of imagined seven inches that in the download included kind of seven-inch artwork like center labels and A-sides and B-sides and stuff. Pretty cool. Go check it out on our YouTube channel. Wrapping it up here, I'm preparing a couple releases and listening parties on my label Pacific Plaza, as well as getting prepared for Electronicon. I'm going to be DJing at the Tape Swap 4, doing a back-to-back with Sweat Biz founder and camera bender Aglotto. Plus, you can catch me helping to run one of the stages at Summer Slushy Fest. I'm also available to play other gigs. I'll have my record box and Serato thumb drives with me, if you know what I mean. So it's going to be a crazy weekend. I can't believe it's like less than three weeks away. I'm going to do one more episode before Electronagon, and then hopefully I'm going to be gathering lots of content in New York City. But enough about what I've been doing. What's happened in the vaporwave scene the past couple weeks? Well, the biggest thing was the return of Bandcamp Friday on August 4th. And then we've been having a bunch of shows, IRL and URL. So let's go through a couple of the things that have happened recently. We had the Vape Air Summer Splash Tour. And that finished up at Midwest Aesthetic, who had their Summer Synapse Festival up in Madison, Wisconsin, selling out a 400-cat venue. So cool. It looked like an amazing time. And I saw that there were people that traveled from all over the country to be there. People from the West Coast, from the East Coast, from Philly awesome to see a gathering of people like that there was also a vaporwave show in lima peru that was hosted by lost traveler sore and babe fake and they did try and stream it it was a bit rough quality on the playback but it might still be up there on twitch big shouts out to those guys for making that happen in a completely different continent from where we've been seeing most of the vaporwave shows i really hope they keep doing more in the URL category, we had Helios a couple weeks ago. I'm going to throw a mention out to that again because it was so wonderful and some of those sets are starting to get uploaded. We also had another multi-day streaming event. We had Slushwave 2023 put on by Global Pattern, Desert Sands, and hosted by Vapor Memory. That was going for three straight days, the third, fourth, and fifth. Lots of slushy vibes for you to get into there. Hot Takes had a couple episodes. The one earlier in July was with Navigator, old school producer from like the chill wave, glow-fi, hypnagogic pop group era of things. And then they had one with Geometric Lullaby. Dennis went pretty deep and got pretty honest with people. It was really interesting. He has a crazy background and I don't think two hours was enough to really get in all the stuff that guy's done and what he's about. So very interesting to see that interview and hear about what he's got going on in the future and what he's got going on at Electronicon. The Big Stream announced the schedule for the two days of Econ, although they retracted it and they're changing it up, I guess. Whatever. It was uh, pretty complete from what I heard. There's just going to be a couple changes. And they also let the audience know that there is going to be four more artists added to the lineup. They announced three of them, and I'll name those three. We had LDP, which is uh, spelled 3L3D3P. Frost Children, who are going to be DJing between sets on the main stage, like later in the day on day two. And then Fulcrum was added. The fourth artist isn't going to be named until the week of the festival. So I'm curious to see who they got for that. I'm going to like throw out a prediction and say it's like Satin Sheets, because that would be super dope if it was Satin Sheets. That's going to be my prediction there. They also had Architecture in Tokyo DJing on an episode in late July, and it was an okay DJ set. Didn't really excite me that much for Econ, but... 
they had Fantasy Love on the next week DJing, and that was a very cool set. I was really into their DJ set. So I'm going to check their set out at Econ for sure. And I have a feeling that they might be the same artist that released an EP called Love, L-U-V. And they were based out of, I think, San Luis Obispo way back in the mid-2010s. So I want to talk to them and find out if they're that same artist because I loved that EP. It was very mysterious and just kind of came out of like the West Coast DIY scene. But Fancy Love's kind of part of the subculture party scene out here in California. So go check them out online. Luxury Aesthetics Online with DJ Non had two episodes, a techno-urban episode called Siberia, and then he kind of continued that theme into the late night with a silent streets theme on his next episode. Luxury Elite hosted a Neon Nights episode that dropped on August 1st, and she had some tantalizing news in there about what she's got going on in some future live shows, so you might want to go tune into that just to get some of that good, good Lux info. On the podcast front, we had Night Clerk Radio, who did a little run-through of the tracklist for the Vaporwave Up-and-Comers 2023 compilation. That compilation was curated by Polyglot and released by Halcyon Tapes in early July. Now, I think it's really great that someone's actually kind of going through it and discussing some of the producers and the music on it and kind of talking about the different genres represented. We need someone to kind of do that when you put out a compilation that's about featuring people and promoting artists. You got to actually promote the artists instead of just throw them on a tape. So, shouts out Nightclerk Radio for doing it. We had Utopia District interviewing Pad Chennington about his event over Econ Weekend that he's putting on in collaboration with Geometric Lullaby, Summer Slushy Fest. And uh, he also let people know what he's been up to with Catskill and DJing these IP-themed raves like Shrek Rave. So go check out that interview if you'd like to hear what Pads had going on. Some cool vapor media I haven't discussed on the show yet is physical paper publications like magazines, books, and zines. And I'm excited to report that the writers and editors over at Listen Corp have released a new issue of their zine called Committed to Memory, which is their fourth issue. It has interviews with legendary curator and archivist Vapor Memory, as well as reviews and think pieces about the vaporwave scene and adjacent music. And I love what Listen Corp's been doing. They put it out in kind of a small zine format, but it's super deep, super great writing. And if you haven't checked out their last three issues, you should definitely go do that. If you're missing things like Private Sweep, you should definitely go check out Listen Corp. One thing I've been following is the Blank Banshee countdown, and it finally ended. But it was only an announcement of the release date. And honestly, I was truly bummed. I thought we were like going to get the dang thing. But Blank Banshee's new album 4D will be released on August 20th. And it's going to be accompanied by a worldwide tour. And that tour was actually leaked before the announcement on Spotify by one of the venues in the Netherlands. I tweeted about it. a classic situation where the Spotify data automatically populating stuff leaks your info too funny some other announcements we had flamingo fest announcing their full lineup and the lineup for their launch party they had early bird tickets for sale but those are sold out and the next wave of tickets will be coming soon i'm going to mention that in the next section here and we also had the lineup for the tape swap and chill four which is also going to be coming up here in our next section upcoming shows We don't have too much in the URL space because I think a lot of people are kind of taking breaks leading up to Electronicon, but in the IRL space, we are wrapping up the summer. So let me start with a couple URL things and then we'll make our way. First off, Hot Takes is going to be on hiatus till September, but I'm sure you'll catch Young Shiro getting content around New York at Electronicon, and he is also playing the tape swap, so we'll shout that out. 
Skeleton Lipstick is also going to be playing the tape swap. So go check out the Hot Takes Boys on Sunday at Eris Evolution for Tape Swap and Chill 4. Rising Tide, hosted by Le Quintance, formerly known as Holloway Tapes, is going to be happening on August 25th and 26th. It's a two-day streaming event with all donations going to the Trevor Project. It's a benefit for trans youth and for raising awareness of up-and-coming producers in the scene, as well as representing a diversity of backgrounds and subgenres. They recently noted that submissions are due by August 12th, so get in those submissions if you are participating. My label Pacific Plaza is going to be hosting some listening parties on Bandcamp for our upcoming releases. Bandcamp just dropped this feature recently, and I'm pretty excited to check it out. So both of them are going to be on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific. That's 8 p.m. Eastern. And Sunday the 13th, we're going to do one for Luxury Noise's new album. And then on Sunday the 20th, we're going to do another one for Device Operator's new album. In the IRL sphere, like I said, we're wrapping up the summer. And there's some shows that already happened in early August, but... I'm going to do my best to like stay current and note recent announcements where I can mention some things here that are happening pre-Electronicon, post-Electronicon, all that good stuff. So first, on August 12th, we have a show in San Diego at the Comet Theater put on by they friend and a glotto from Sweat.biz called Rainbow Road. It's celebrating the trans contributions to the creation and expansion of the vaporwave genre and electronic music in general, as well as raising money for the Trans Legal Defense Fund. On August 13th, there's going to be a Future Plaza show in Scottsdale, Arizona, being put on by Desert Runners. And on August 19th, Yoitoki is at the Subterranean for their first event in Chicago. Electronicon 2023 is happening at the Knockdown Center in Brooklyn, New York on August 25th and 26th. As mentioned earlier, four more artists have been added to the lineup and one is still yet to be announced. The schedule for each day was teased on the big stream and sort of announced and then retracted. We'll see what's going on. Single day tickets are out now, but I think they only have single day tickets for Saturday left. Regardless, there are a bunch of community events announced around the festival. And first off, on Thursday, we're going to have Summer Slushy Fest at the Meadows in East Williamsburg. On Friday night and Saturday night, we're going to have Afterwave put together by Video Punks and Virtua 94. It's going to be unofficial late night parties in Brooklyn, and you have to buy a ticket and DM to get that address. On Saturday night, there will also be a party at Mood Ring, put on by Music Website, which features a ton of artists from their lineup and Circle of New York collaborators. They're all going to be doing DJ sets, and it's going to be going late into the evening. You can catch folks like DVI, Vape Air, under his name DJ Camgirl, Vitessex, Null Objects, aka Groceries, and more, starting at 10pm and going till late. On Sunday, there will be Tape Swap and Chill 4, and we finally announced the lineup, and we announced that it's moving to Eris Evolution in East Williamsburg. There's going to be two stages on two different floors with over 20 performers and vendors packing out this multi-story venue from 1 p.m. until 6 p.m. Tickets are on sale now and you save some dough if you buy pre-sale. We have so many great artists on the lineup and let me quickly pull it up here so I could just mention a couple of them because it is so epic what we have going on. So we have Limousine. We have a special collab set between A Hero, Van Gogh, and Simple Syrup. Wizard of Loneliness, iClick, Pad Chennington, Cyber Surfer 3D, Device Operator, Pop Culture, Daydream Deluxe, Young Shiro, Mr. Hustine, and so many more people are going to be playing. We also have tabling from VA10, My Pet Flamingo, Pause and Reflect, Kanga Corp, Bass House, Geometric Lullaby, First Class Collective, Business Casual, Total Power Records, 
and many more. I'm really looking forward to Econ and hanging out with people in New York. Please come say hi to me. Let me know what you enjoy about the podcast. And if you want to talk some Vaporwave shop, we can do that too. Getting into September, we have a bunch of things that have been announced and so many exciting things that are going to be happening. Starting on September 2nd, we have Yoitoki making their debut in Austin, Texas at The Parish. On September 8th, we have Desert Dreams put on by VA10 in Phoenix. And then in Columbus, Ohio, on September 15th, we have the debut of Nostalgia Lounge at Cafe Bourbon Street put on by Crystal Eternal and Simple Syrup with special guest Young Shiro. Sweat.biz will be back at the Whistle Stop in San Diego on Sunday the 17th. Coming up later this year, we're going to have Flamingo Fest put on by My Pet Flamingo in Utopia District in Los Angeles, California at Jules Catch 1. The full lineup has been announced, and there's an article on Future Sounds FM that goes into detail about what's going to be happening that weekend. The early bird tickets are sold out. They include a launch party at High Tide DTLA, which is where they have Crystal Nostalgia. And there's going to be over 20 artists and DJs on that lineup alone. That's sold out, but general admission tickets are going to be on sale on the 15th. So that's August 15th if you want to get those general admission tickets for Flamingo Fest. It also looks like Midwest Aesthetic will be having an event on October 6th. I'm excited to see who's going to be on it. If you have any upcoming events you want featured, please submit on our link tree. You can go over to linktr.ee slash Vaporwave News Network. Upcoming and current releases. So for my first release, I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone and review the first album by an unknown artist. Magic, with two A's, put out their first Barber Beats album, Light as an Angel, on July 21st. I first discovered this album when I was looking at the recent upload by YouTube curator Xnot. You can check out their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at xnotbr. The album slowly blossoms with the classic Barber Beats vibe. Crickets chirp, the beat is slow and chilled, with the occasion old-timey voices floating in and out. It has tinges of jazz that listeners of Barber Beats have come to love without it being too in-your-face, you know, being like jazz in all caps. It samples a wide variety of jazz and jazz-influenced music. One track that really stood out to me was the Bossa Nova flip on track four. It's silky smooth and deep in the pocket with emphasized side-stick beats. As a fan of Bossa Nova, I've really enjoyed the treatment of the song and how it like opens up into just such a blissful state and it really adds to like the arc of the album, you know, thus far, four tracks in. The producer seems to use many different disembodied voices throughout the tracks on the album. The faltering lo-fi hip-hop beat of track two swims in reverb between these voices, inducing deep head nods and offering a respite from the breakbeats. The other respite, besides the bossa nova track, is kind of a normal break tempo slice of tinny Sim City music. There's also kind of the weakest track on the album, but it's good to have a little bit of variety in there. And interestingly enough, the bonus track kind of stands out more than that one in my opinion, and the bonus track's really worth it. The translation of the text in the description reads, Hello, my name is Onga, creator of Barber Beats and retro computer graphic 3D artwork. Thank you for listening. So to me, it sounds like it's possibly an alias of someone who's already active in the scene, whether they're a Barber Beats producer or a Vaporwave producer doing some Barber Beats. And it seems they prefer Shades of Green for this project. Go check it out on their Bandcamp, or you can go check it out on the x Not YouTube channel. As I mentioned earlier, I found this album through them, 
So go over and subscribe to those Vaporwave curators who are digging deep in the scene over on YouTube. For my second album, I couldn't ignore it. It's George Clanton's Ya," And this is George's first solo album in nearly five years and considered by most reviewers and publications to be his follow-up to Slide. Since I've come to the game a bit late with this review, I can't help but be influenced by the other reviews out there. So I'm just going to kind of give a couple thoughts instead of like a well-organized, in-depth review. So first things first, this isn't really a Vaporwave album. And while many people in and apparently outside the scene are quick to put in that context and in the new wave of Vaporwave kind of thing, I think it's more prescient to take a look at like the influences that have supplanted or maybe like synergized with George's past work under his own name and the Esper alias. There's a lot of influence from early 90s British music, including baggy or Madchester bands that use the funky drummer beat and break beats, shoegaze, which you can see in the inclusion of some shoegaze on the Electronicon lineup and shouting out bands like they are getting a body wire in the big stream, and trip hop. Beyond the sonic qualities of the production, there is an interesting quality of introspection going on with the album that makes it feel more like a songwriter album than a producer album or electronic album. While the sample-based beats and massive synthesizers situate this firmly in the territory of dance pop and mid-tempo electronica, the lyrical content and song titles draw the listener into the self-deprecating world of George Clan. And in that introspection and self-deprecation is a sense of survivorship and perseverance instead of like a forlorn or nihilistic shrug. Personally, I caught wind of the public sentiment around the album on the Indie Head subreddit. And a lot of the posts were like very positive. I would definitely say it was largely positive. I also ended up in the Sarlacc pit that is Rate Your Music. And there is a lot of reviews over there. And interestingly enough, not many of them mention Vaporwave. A lot of people picked up on the psychedelic and acid dance music qualities of the album, as well as like the early 90s baggy and Madchester homage that's going on. There was a big premiere party on the big stream the day before its release, and there was like four or five hundred people watching the stream that week, which was like pretty wild. Now it's out on all platforms and it's out on yellow vinyl with like a special embossed cover for the first edition. George is going to be touring and support the album later this fall with Frost Children and DDS, and he made an interesting comment on the stream when someone asked if he was going to be using a larger musical ensemble for this tour. He hinted that he would be, and I'm going to make another prediction right now, and I'm going to say that Frost Children are probably going to be playing like bass or guitar, or maybe even like James from DDS playing guitar, and then Tech Honors is probably going to be playing keys. And then of course George is going to have the new drummer that he's been playing with uh, for like the last year, who uh, I think his name is Colin. I met him at a show. Really nice dude. Other releases and announcements and note, this section is going to be a bit long because of Bandcamp Friday, so bear with me. Keep your ears open. Songwriter and producer Fake Fever is releasing his sophomore album In The Well on My Pet Flamingo. It's coming September 1st, and the latest single, Pressure Tank, is on our contemporary Vaporwave playlist. Null Object has a new single out. It's a remix of one of their songs from the upcoming EP they announced. That full EP is coming out on music website August 18th, and it's called Overmorrow. The VHS version of Otto's new album, Lost Memories, is out on Halcyon Tapes. Shouts out to the other labels out there keeping visual albums alive. We just put one out as well on Pacific Plaza. Producer Diana Rhodes self-released their sound collage-influenced album, Beachcomber, on August 1st over on their Bandcamp. Mir No Tilde put out a new album simply titled No Tilde, all one word, 
and it's got a lot of synthy explorations with IDM and mid-tempo beats. It's uh, not future funk, surprisingly. Barry Good Records, run by Strawberry Station, put out a cassette compilation called Barry Aesthetic with a stacked lineup of artists that leans more towards vaporwave and vapor funk, not future funk also. Suop released a future funk EP called Important on their own bandcamp. Gamma Flow released a future funk album called Sunset Deluxe that collected a bunch of their singles they've released over the past year. One of those songs is also on our Fresh Future Funk playlist. VAAV Social Club put out an album on Virtua 94 entitled Reunited that has some dance music and IDM vibes plus collabs on almost every single track. The first Seaside Bliss box set featuring three Pokemon-themed ambient albums by Brick Mason and artwork by Sylphwave are open for pre-order. Photoshop and Mindspring Memories released a split album called Photoshop Memories. The name kind of makes me think of Lipstick Elite, but this album isn't a collab like this one. The Photoshop side is on the vapor ambient side of things. A bit too minimalist to be slush wave, but it's clearly sample based. And then we have some relaxing slushy vibes on the Mindspring side. Speaking of slush wave, slush wave social club released the fourth volume of their group slash collective compilation series with a new volume called recursive summer. If you want to discover a ton of slushy artists, this is the place to go. It came out July 26th. I'm pretty sure it took a lot of people until August to finally finish listening to all the massive cuts on this comp. So much music to listen to. On the net label front, we had Bogus Collective releasing three more albums in the second half of the month by Georgie1802, Kinetic, and Endless Discovery TM. Sunset Grid put out some Weather Wave and Signal Wave albums by CRT Skies and Rottenborough, respectively. Mist and Twin Pines Mall released a split album called Desert Steel on the fledgling Mystic Spools label for Bandcamp Friday. No Problema Tapes is dropping two box sets for Bandcamp Friday, one featuring Desert Sands Feels Warm at Night split with Mystery and three tapes of Godspeed's Barber Beats. Celadon Plaza is also putting out some Barber Beats stuff for Bandcamp Friday from producer Gore. Generation X released the album Angelus on Enterprise Records. Global Pattern is putting out a lengthy two-tape sample-free slush wave by Dream Professor for Bandcamp Friday. And they also had a July bundle that featured albums from Dot Ends and Fly By Uniform, Neroli Night, and Rather We Port. Yeah, you heard that right. Rather We Port. <laughs> Geometric Lullaby reissued the Telepath album Interstellar Sex on Triple LP. Only the black variant is left to purchase right now. And Disconsciousness released an official version of their album Hologram Plaza on a European label, but it looks like all the copies that were on their own Bandcamp are sold out, leaving none left over to sell after Bandcamp Friday. Underwater Computing is putting out a four-album box set of Office Wave by the artist Tireless Bricker. It's being billed as the Four Ways of Working bundle. Business Casual's August lineup is out, and there's just two releases plus a reissue of the BizCaz 10 box set that happened on Bandcamp Friday. Cyan Blue is going to have a new album on August 11th, and then Morlow has an album coming out on August 18th. Luxury Noise has a new album called Forgive Yourself, which comes out on my label, Pacific Plaza, on August 11th. It's got some lo-fi house and vapor breaks jammed out on blissful synths. Device Operator has a new future funk album called Kiwi Pop that will be dropping on my label, Pacific Plaza, on August 18th. The first single, Not the Same, dropped back on Friday the 28th. It's got that hyped up future funk sound with French touch and some heavy kicks. You can check it out on our fresh future funk playlist. 
We also had two special drops for Bandcamp Friday on Pacific Plaza. The first one was a split album by Vapor Funk artists Mist and Sev, which was mentioned on the last podcast episode. We also had a VHS release of music videos by the artist Corrupt Save. The compilation Late Night TV has 11 tracks featuring cuts from their three albums, including the recent album Arata, which I reviewed, that came out in Business Casual. Pacific Plaza also has bundles featuring the album Arata with our VHS compilation at a special discounted price. Only a couple of those left. If you have any upcoming releases to send to us for coverage, please go to our link tree and you can use the upcoming release submission form. to our main topic. So I was trying to decide what I was going to cover and with like Bandcamp Friday occupying a lot of my time, like a lot of things have sort of slipped by. We've been seeing some turbulence around Bandcamp payouts and that now seems to be resolved for most people that, you know, filled out the appropriate forms, but it seriously scared some people staring down Bandcamp Friday releases. It would have been a massive issue for labels to be selling stuff and not getting paid. But some accounts were even unable to add new merch during this extended like information processing period with all this tax stuff that they wanted to link to your real ID. As we saw, Bandcamp Friday went off without a hitch, and many reissues were teased and dropped. If you're listening on Spotify, you can hop on the mobile app and you can respond to our interactive Q&A question, and you can let us know what you picked up this month. Just go down there, put down the release, the artist, let me know. I love to see what people are buying on Bandcamp Friday. For this episode's main topic, though, I'm going to circle back to the Adam Harper article in Dummy Mag. Because one thing I don't see brought up as much is that there was a part two just over a year later on July 29th, 2013, that was called Invest in Vaporwave Futures. Right off the bat, Harper admits, so yeah, vaporwave is a thing now, and quote, no longer does the usually faintly derisive term microgenre apply. Take a look at the page listing all the Bandcamp albums tagged Vaporwave. Nor can it be dismissed as a novelty genre turned out by lazy internet kids. It now has plenty of stylistic breadth and artistic depth. Not that it didn't have enough before, unquote. So there's like a bit of a snide and winking aspect of his writing this time around, and it's got some nods to kind of like notesap style apologies, verbiage, Vaporwave is dead memes, and he does continue to catalog sounds and some fresh faces that populate the virtual plaza, while kind of admitting the tenuous connections of destroyed and accelerationism, or pop accelerationism. The article does push back on what is probably the standout phrase and response to the original article, when Internet Club was despairing that Vaporwave had been, quote, reduced to Marxist plunderphonics. 
The article delves into what we now broadly call utopian virtual, getting into the specifics about the two Prism Corp albums, and later in the piece, links those albums to eyeliner's high fashion mood music. This could be the start of like many different subgenres or sounds in the scene nowadays, including like FM Skyline's MIDI Wave, Office Soft, and of course, utopian virtual and faux utopian. One of the other wild things Harper mentions in this article is that there was actually six albums on Skeleton's Bandcamp at one point in 2013. And currently there are six albums on the Bandcamp, but two of them are collections of tracks from after 2013. One of them collects tracks from 2010 to 14. Another is from 2011, but released in 2012. And then the two well-known albums that everyone seems to cite from Skeleton. And something I've noticed reading early articles about Vaporwave that some albums or videos or artist reference no longer exist, and a lot of them are victims of link rot. The whole dummy mag site honestly reeks of it in general, but some things I couldn't find much about from a quick search were artists like Real Player 7, whose Bandcamp page is now actually being squatted by a completely different Vaporwave artist. And then the Crystal Magic label, which is associated with that eyeliner album. The Drip 133 Vaporwave tracks, a lot of those don't exist anymore. And then there's other things I've mentioned, like Vericom, who was covered in Tiny Mixtapes. In the article, Harper attributes Patrick McBratney for tipping him off to the use of Vaporwave, like the first use of the word Vaporwave, in a blog post, which was on Weed Temple in October 2011. But Harper admits that it seems like the reviewer is actually describing hypnagogic pop and not really talking about Vaporwave as we really knew it in 2012 and today. The article continues into its more contentious section discussing Broper Wave and leads Harper to trying to suss out what's like real Vapor Wave again and what's sort of fluff. Kind of ignoring the folkloric practice that Daniel Lapotten spoke of in his Reddit AMA, I think that same year. The low barrier to entry was always acknowledged, but Harper lists many sort of stipulations that like disqualify and perhaps unfairly criticize certain artists that were in that new wave that he was observing at that time in 2013. Like, he specifically takes shots at, like, Fortune 500 and St. Pepsi, which, in retrospect, was, like, pretty off-base. But he does mention a familiar refrain of vapor overload and the inability to sift through it, which, you know, we still see that today. But, you know, for me, no problem on that front. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do it the best I can now, and... I will say it is still as overwhelming as ever. Near the end of the article, Harper asks, quote, how many of tomorrow's best will say they first joined in with underground new music as part of the Vaporwave network? Which did tickle me a bit. The network surely has grown, and we've only seen a few of tomorrow's best coming to the fore in the past five years, with Daniel Lapotten winning a Grammy, Yves Tumor, aka Teams and Half a Team Jordan blowing up, George Clanton collaborating with Nick Hexum, Skylar Spence landing major soundtrack placements and being ripped off by Doja Cat. I said it once, and I'll say it again, Vaporwave is certainly not dead, and its DNA has been slowly weaved into the zeitgeist and aspects of popular culture through music, visuals, and its techno-utopian aesthetics. Ultimately, I feel like Harper's kind of thesis and repositioning of Vaporwave in the follow-up article here can kind of be summed up in this quote. Quote, I would now say that the position of Vaporwave is much like that of John Mouse on his own music. 
that an essence of something sacred and utopian can be recovered from a popularly based musical language stunted by industrial capitalism and the relentless march of time. And what's more, that this can be a politically progressive maneuver itself, not simply a capitulation to an industrial hegemony. To whatever extent, for producers or listeners, it's sincere or not, the one summary I feel can be made is this. Vaporwave is a study in utopianism, unquote. But, you know, he also reminds the reader, quote, for many of the artists now discussed as or aligning themselves with Vaporwave, the genre is merely a retro nostalgia thing mostly thought to involve Japan and VHS tapes. Predictably, there has been some confusion between Vaporwave, Hypnagogic Pop, and Chillwave. But Vaporwave and its sibling genres each had different beginnings, different artists, and different approaches when they were first identified, before they were blurred together by writers, fans, and artists unable to tell the difference between the three. And perhaps Harper was also unable to see where Vaporwave would expand its horizons, and of course no one knew that it would gain even more critical recognition by the summer of 2014. Even though he swears off writing about Vaporwave, Harper does leave us with this final statement, quote, But Vaporwave might also have changed the way some of us listen and think about listening, none more than myself, and open up strange, provocative glimpses of utopia. Unquote. And despite the opposition expressed in the article, I'll also add, it's also opened up strange and provocative glimpses into nostalgia. Okay, time for my favorite segment this week in vaporwave history. And man, we are getting closer to the tectonic center of the genre with today's segment. The release I'm going to talk about today came out in 2010. After three successful mixtapes titled Heaven Can Wait in early 2010, the duo of Daniel Lapatin and Joel Ford, aka Games, released what might be the first Vaporwave cassette called Spend the Night With on the Curatorial Club, July 25th, 2010. This collection of edits and curated tracks runs almost two hours across two C60 cassettes with many familiar songs that would later be sampled and transformed by many, many more Vaporwave producers in the preceding decade. Lapatin had already released the iconic Sunset Court video a year prior, but this cassette was Curatorial Club release 007, which preceded the iconic Echo Jams album by just a few weeks, and the game's Everything is Working 7-inch that came out on Hippos and Tanks, which was a label on the rise at the time, pushing experimental electronic music to a more mainstream industry audience and landing underground producers in big indie publications like Pitchfork. Pitchfork writer Larry Fitzmorris even said in a review for the Ford and Lapatin album Channel Pressure that this release, quote, pointed to some of the influences that would materialize in their own tracks, exploring the chopped and screwed 80s slow jams, glistening funk tracks, and turn of the 90s new age club hits. They also straddled the line between sincere appreciation and goofball irony, a characteristic which carried over to game's sugary synth pop debut EP that we can play. I think that's actually a pretty interesting description of a lot of Vaporwave's early influences. Obviously, being an album that was super influential on Vaporwave, Echo Jams came from these sort of mixtapes that were made by Lapatin and Ford, specifically the Heaven Can Wait mixtapes. There's three volumes of those. And then this one, Spend the Night With. The mixtape as an early release or statement of purpose and taste was common in the early days of Vaporwave and experimental electronic music, 
with many producers releasing curated compilations of lightly edited or chopped tunes that would not even be individually named most of the time. They were very much made for two-sided physical cassette tapes, a burgeoning format in the underground noise and experimental DIY scene in the early 2010s that had formed across message boards, MySpace, and blogs. And a good way to kind of sum this up is, as one Rate Your Music user said, quote, you could look at this as the most direct link between screw tapes, especially old school, and vaporwave and the subsequent scenes of the 2010s, unquote. Of course, it would be inappropriate to not at least mention the figurative starting point for the whole genre, which was also a late July thing, but that was back in 2009. Sunset Corp's song and video upload for Nobody Here happened on July 19th, 2009. The inception of the genre can be traced back to this echo jam of Chris DeBerg's Lady in Red, which still exists on YouTube with over 2.9 million plays and many, many more millions through uploads on other random YouTube accounts. I actually recommend you go watch Pad Chennington's video called When Did Vaporwave Begin? for a good overview of the early cornerstones of the genre, including the iconic Nobody Here video. I hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode of Vaporwave News Network. As always, you can find some of the albums and music mentioned in the episode notes. If you have anything you would like to submit to the Vaporwave News Network, check out our link tree for submission form. We also have a Twitter and Instagram profile where we post highlight graphics with the releases mentioned in each episode. So make sure you give us a follow and repost the content. You can find us on social media at VW News Network or check out our link tree with all the links and submission forms at linktr.ee slash Vaporwave News Network. If you want to get in contact with us, you can also do it through our email, vaporwavenewsnetwork at gmail.com. This podcast is sponsored by Pacific Plaza Records, but if you are a reputable label looking to advertise or sponsor the show, please get in contact with me. I've been your host, Alex, aka Trucks Passing Trucks, if you want to find me or my label on social media, you can look up Pacific Plaza Rec. That's Pacific Plaza R-E-C on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. I also have an Instagram page for my music and DJing over at Trucks Passing Trucks, all one word. I'm playing in New York for Tape Swap and hopefully doing some other things at Econ. We'll see. Regardless, I hope to see you in New York, and I'm super excited for all the things coming up in the Vaporwave scene later this year. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you tune in to future episodes of the Vaporwave News Network. From our part of the vapor world, this is Alex, signing off until next time. Vaporwave News Network.